Welcome to Bad Dad's Film Review, and join in with us as we watch and chat about movies we missed when our kids were little. And since new films continue to come along and we continue to miss them, this could go on forever. (laughs) What a chilling thought that is. As always, thanks for listening. Well, at least this far, we've not a lot to offer you for your valuable time. Essentially an hour and a half of waffle with occasional moments of accidental clarity and insight. Some terrible puns, probably. Something about ghost bats, maybe. Perhaps a hardly relevant, (laughs) scarcely believable, entirely irrelevant, long-running tangent, like that time I was cycling down the railway walk and was attacked by a French dog. Which is a story that people have always struggled to accept, since how would anyone know the dog was French? It's not as if they bark in an accent. And anyway, the house that the dog came from was the kind of scary house where, rumour had it, one of the children living there was some kind of mutant that the parents kept in the attic, because that's just what people did in the 80s, and also it had a basement full of what everybody hoped were animal bones. Yeah. Cool. Sure. Yeah. Uh, a special shout out this week to Rally Scary, the spam bot slash blackmail artist who sent a threatening email to the Bad Dad's website. Uh, apparently, if we don't promote his something or other, then he's going to create, in his words, a million toxic blog comments to baddadsfilm.com. And I think I speak for all of us when I say it would be just nice to have some blog comments, even toxic ones. But fear not, Rally. Uh, Peter Andre has been promising a new blog for weeks now, so maybe you could uh, time it with that to give the website a real boost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate your we had your interest. We had we had him, and also someone left a voicemail on on our website. Really, it's like kids we, shouting. At yeah, which I was really intri- I got an email saying, "Oh, someone's left." I was like, "Oh, wow, that's cool." And it's just some kids like giggling down. Oh, <laughs> fantastic! Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah the celeb. Life. Not an offer of money or anything like that. No, no one wants to sponsor us. Just kids taking the piss out of us. This week's show opens with us towering above the cityscape, hundreds of metres in the air as we discuss the top five movie skyscrapers. Then this week's movie review is the 2015 Lenny Abrahamson light-hearted romantic comedy room. (laughs) And we're finishing things up with some chat about the Netflix animation Voltron, legendary Defender. And that just leaves this week's dads to round up fresh out the gates. It's sidey, affectionate, diplomatic, bland... These are just some of the words I wouldn't use if I was trying to give you a flavour of the man, just as youthful, energetic and coherent or inappropriate for Dan. And finally, it's me, Reeks. And uh, with that all out of the way, let's get on with it. Did you watch anything this week? Louis Theroux. Oh, okay. Yeah, my uh, colleague at work was talking about that today. Mm. A new the one? sort of neo-Nazi one. Yeah, this guy, Nick Fuentes, pretty scary, a 22-year-old who broadcasts from his mum's basement in three-hour rants about far-right nationalism and stuff. But he's this sort of chillingly acceptable face of conservative racism. Wow. Was it as funny as it sounds? Louis absolutely skewers him, and his sort of adolescent idiot man-child mates, they were all in the insurrection at the the 6th of January, and this guy baked Alaska, he's some sort of internet prankster who sort of, never mind having a second childhood, it looks like he never escaped his first childhood. So, yeah... America's got many problems and this is another one. Yeah, okay. Well, best of luck with that. I, it doesn't really... I, I've watched a couple of Louis through things, but I'm not massively into everything he does. No? So, no, it's... The I'm one not, on Rappers was only okay that he did another one recently on that, but no, it doesn't do anything No, it, it, I don't follow him too much, to be honest. Um, I watched the one he did with Jimmy Savile back in the day, which was really weird yeah he um, fucked it up then, he knows he did he talked yeah. about it he knows he really yeah, really it, fucked it up it's it was you know not the only one but anyway i watched the rooney the documentary just come out on prime which was pretty decent i read i, I remember him obviously huge soccer football 
guy, if you don't know who Wayne Rooney is. And he burst onto the scene about 16, 17. And I think by the time he got to like United, he'd already mapped out all these deals. You know, there were already things that were going to be done. Mm. So I was expecting a little bit more with the, the footage and stuff from earlier parts and his life. And it, it touched on it. It was okay. It's it's worth watching, but I think there are better documentaries on sports sportsmen. It's probably it just sounds like an hour and a half of watching like a barely caged ape. Really? No, he, he's he's a lot more intelligent and, and sensitive. Certainly now he comes across that way. You know, I think he's just that kind of level of, you know, attention on a kid and and not just attention, but carrying the hopes of, you know, going into the European yeah. Championships, mm. breaking his foot at key moments just before World Cups and things and being rushed through treatment and everything. And then his own attitude on top of that, both on and off the pitch. We're exploring drink problem, didn't he? Said it, drink problem. Yeah. He really goes and he's honest about his, his the the women and the prostitutes that have led yeah. after drinking and, and stuff and the mistakes he's made. And Colleen's there, you know, talking about it as well. So that kind of side was really insightful. And you think, fucking hell, you know, it's young kids. They knew each other since school, you know, mm. and all the way through together, <clears throat> they've gone, led this public life, if you like, and nobody really gave him much you know hopes to stay together one but also education on how to deal with all that attention but yeah it's decent it's decent are you seeing anything that was more interesting than that loads of simpsons episodes because my daughter's got quite heavily into the simpsons mm. so i'm trying to steer her That's towards the, the good has she got good taste or is she like no i want to watch this one I, in the recent season i was getting ready to leave <clears throat> to come here tonight and so i'd left her to her own devices and she'd chosen one of the more recent ones mm. so i was just like what, what, what would doing? you say is peak simpsons anything for us like season up to season 11 i'd say about about around about 11 or 12 and everything written by schwarzwelder he's a weird guy they yeah. just let yeah Basically, when Phil Hartman has died, it ceases to be any mm. good. But no, I didn't get a chance to watch any other movies because I tried to watch uh, Blue Velvet for the Midweeker on Thursday last week, fell asleep. Chad, another guy on Friday, fell asleep. So all those like missed days, missed mm. opportunities set me back. So really just homework and Simpsons for me this week. I had to. I was a rent boy for Blue Velvet. I had to rent it. Yeah. And I watched it at lunchtime when I should have been working. You don't work wife. at lunch, though. Yeah, well, no, and I didn't. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> Definitely didn't. Yeah. Uh, we had a top five last week. Yes, we had lots of nominations. We D- did. Darren and Leithley was, was absolutely on fire. Just about to say that Darren Leithley <clears throat> is just single-handedly like crushing it on Twitter. He's made um, everybody else look stupid, I would say, yeah, including and, us, basically, um, as well. That's not hard. So Darren, Darren went great nomination right out the gate he went for because it was ghosts we remember last week it was all about ghosts yeah. ghost story still spook now fireman salmon all that shit um matter of life and death so david lean the classic you seen that one i've seen that i don't one. think i have a holy life moly it's i know oh, is it david lean or is it powell and pressburger i think it might be powell and pressburger I, I think I about it. it's it's the fighter here. pilot who dies during the war and then his ghost oh the david afterlife. niven Yes, there's the yeah, there's okay, the table tennis scene, the the flight of stairs and all that. Really, oh, really it's good. About that. So yeah. that that's the one that is actually going to go in because it's just great. Also, he dropped in some trivia about it as well. So the the, the famous sort of staircase scene that was built by the London Underground for the movie, and he also oh, going up to heaven. Yeah, he also dropped in some stats about 
uh, Ring, Ringu and Pingu that we oh. jokingly referred to on the pod, but there is actually some stuff on the internet about that called Thingu, a Pingu animation about it. Thing and Pingu. Yeah, so that was quite interesting. So A Matter of Life and Death is going to go in because that is a, I'm happy a with that, really yeah. great shout. Right, this week, as you alluded to it, obviously in the intro, we're doing a top five about skyscrapers. Mm. Been up many skyscrapers in your I have, actually. I've, I've seen a few from the top. I remember going up to CN Tower in Canada. I think mm. that was the highest building in the world at the time. The Petronas Towers, Malaysia. Mm. I guess you guys have big. been out there. If you go yeah. out there, you, you're out that way. The big ones in the in the US, though, still, aren't they? In Canada and that kind of way. I've been up the Empire some. State. Empire State. Yeah, I didn't try and swipe a biplane down but <laughs> no i have been up there yeah i've done empire state also did the uh, what's the other one in new york that's not as big but it's a lot Chrysler. better no across the roads the one there's that one where the christmas of, tree is i don't know thingy building thingy. We, may, we may well come across it in our top five discussions you, so you've got that one that's made of all the the shoes it's a it's a feat of engineering. It's, <laughs> it's amazing, and you've got this other guy who was trying to build that. I know it wasn't a skyscraper; it was just a, a big building made of of glasses. Quite the spectacle. That's it. <laughs> right. Who wants to start us off? You side. You go. Okay. And oh, then okay. It's because I'm wary of Dan's interjections disrupting the rhythm. And What's going rhythm. on? You're going to yeah. start. Yeah. I'm going to start. <clears throat> I'm going to go, first of all, for The Dark Knight, which wasn't the first one I thought of, but when I was doing some jotting down stuff, I was like, there's loads of skyscraper content in that film. The first skyscraper moment I was thinking of in that particular movie is the banker who's taken all the uh, crime boss's money. He's done a runner back to Hong Kong, knowing full well that he won't be extradited. Extradited! Back to the US, back to Gotham. So Batman uh, goes over there and they say something about, you know, he doesn't do, you know, borders or whatever. I can't remember. He does this elaborate thing and he has to get this plane and we've already seen him with Albert, Alfred. Alfred arranged this plane, this sort of military thing for picking up people. So he goes and gets him and has to break in and shoot out a window and then gets Skyhook, I think it's called. I think it's based on real CIA yeah. technology, wasn't it? Yeah. So there's that sequence. But then the the climax of the movie takes place in a... I don't know if it necessarily... Although they, oh, I did say in the social media post that there is no categoric definition of what a skyscraper yeah. is. So there's, it's certainly a big building and the fight with the Batman and Joker takes place and it ends, it culminates with the Joker dangling out the window, mm. sort of alluding to this that it's going to be an ongoing thing, you know, that, yeah. we can, that they basically, Joe and Maguire, complete each other. <laughs> they need each other, but obviously that it didn't turn out to be the case. But fucking tip-top movie. Yeah. Really, really love that movie. Mm. Great great joker as well yeah it is it's probably the best one the batman is out next week yeah (sighs) exciting that is exciting are we going over to me well i I fear you're just going to jump in anyway so let's do it um okay well i'm gonna open with the highest grossing film of 1974 Uh, best Um, picture nomination and the best picture nominee Hmm. Reeks? Well, is, is it the Towering Inferno? Yeah. It, it is but I, the Towering Inferno. I'm never sure whether I've seen this or not. I've seen it as a kid. It yeah, was, that's what yeah, I think. Yeah. It, it was one of those that played in around Christmas or school holidays. Or it's a great point. Christmas film. Yeah. <laughs> it, it gets everybody in the mood. It's got a hell of a cast. I mean, you've got Steve McQueen, Paul Newman, 
Faye Dunaway, Fred Astaire's in this. William Holden. Yeah, there's uh, Wagner, OJ Simpson. Jay Simpson's OJ's in it. OJ's yeah. in it Simpson, as well. Yeah. And it's it's set on the, it's the story of the disaster, the terrible opening of the glass tower, it's yeah. called, in, in San Francisco. Mm. And Steve McQueen is the the guy who says they you know why they keep building them so high and you've got Paul Newman and the building catches fire due to evil contractors cutting corners and everything and the elevators break and it's a classic disaster. We can't film. use them in a fire anyway. No, but especially if the wire's broken. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's quicker. It's quicker, <laughs> yeah, it's I quicker. suppose. And I think O.J. Simpson gives Fred Astaire a cat and yeah, there's bizarre. Yeah. They dance off into the that's night. True. But it's that's, a classic that's not disaster a joke. film. That's, true. that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, makes sense. It's a good one though for 1970s. It's filmed in Technicolor. It was there was a whole uh, yeah, you know. there was a, a barrage at that time. There was uh, Poseidon Adventure and mm. Airport, not Airplane. Airport, airport yeah. all around the same sort of time. People yeah. were really into like misery and like people dying and and then this probably where airplane came out as well it on did, the back yeah. of them it did. To, to try to but in real know, life jump these things disaster because this was an opening night you know first day of it being you know open to the public like whatever the, the, in the story of the film but it happens quite a lot you know the titanic i was thinking of another one that escapes me but i was in uh stockholm for to go and see uh, Arctic Monkeys as it happens but we went to a museum which was a museum of a boat a great big like fucking wooden massive warship whatever it was like Armada thing that they'd had this they'd spent ages it was, I don't know if it was the biggest in the world at the time but it was certainly fucking enormous and they'd had everyone in Stockholm come, come, yeah, <laughs> come to the you know the maiden voyage of this thing and they just set it off and it just fucking crashed in oh. the harbour and sank right down like the, the ultimate anti-climax yeah oh so people don't get it right you know first time then you look a bit of a twat yeah mm. good I, movie though the Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles is the scene of Die Hard, which is really the an incredibly well, well made action movie, and it became a template for an entire you know subgenre of action movies set. You know the, the phrase "Die Hard on a train" or "Die Hard on mm. a blur." But yeah, the, the the skyscraper itself is as much a character almost in the movie, and you know he's not superhuman like other ones were, and the building injures him, in and mm. he has to get you know wriggle his way through it and all that yeah, sort of glasses stuff. smashing and windows in the air ducks yeah. and yeah jumping off the side of it i've got a cool little like sort of mondo style freeze of him jumping off the side of the nakatomi Plaza, okay because they go got. right to the top as well don't they there's a, a helicopter mm. moment where they're trying to yeah. get away and stuff yeah it's mm. actually the 34 story fox plaza the 20th century fox building yeah oh is Angeles. it not even a, a real no, the Nakatomi thing was because at that time, during the 80s, there was this sort of paranoid thing that the Japanese were going to take over all industry and, you know, they were they had this just-in-time mm, mm. and the Americans were so paranoid, paranoid about it yeah, absolutely. That, that it started to infiltrate into films and stuff like well, that. Well, there was another one, I can't remember, it was, it, it, the movie was called Rising Sun, I think, and it might have had... Michael Douglas or... I want to uh, say Sean, Sean, Sean Connery. Connery? Yeah. That was sort of on a similar theme about Japanese, you know, the threat yeah. of Japanese business. It was uh, um, Michael Crichton book, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. that's the movie I haven't thought a- about. How in a many while. floors were on? Was it thirty-five? Well, I had thirty-one on my. Interesting, you say side. that because there is an inconsistency. You're exactly right, Riggs. It was. Uh, bear with me two seconds because I don't know what I've done here. 
It's probably between the novel and the uh, screenplay, maybe, because there were, it was obviously Die Hard was based on a novel. Right. Yeah, it was it was thirty one floor building the Nakatomi Plaza, but in reality it's thirty four mm. in the Fox Plaza. Not, he, he not, not the, including the mezzanine. Yeah, but it's right. my nomination, so I say it's thirty one. Yeah, well in the movie that we're talking about, yeah, it was thirty one. You're right. Yeah. Well it used to be thirty five, not thirty four. Mm. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone seen Man on Wire? I have. Yeah, long time ago. This is uh, Between the Twin Towers, isn't it? Yeah, mm. the, the movie came out in 2008, but it's the true story of Philippe Petit's... Emmanuel's brother. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> 1974 tightrope walk between the two towers, which is fucking like mind-blowing, really. Yeah. There's been another film done after that with... A dramatisation, wasn't yeah, it? Was it Joseph Gordon-Levitt? It Sounds was, like yeah. It, yeah. And he, yeah, basically... Dramatize this well, I think documentary. The problem, although the, the the documentary is really good, mm. but the problem with it is you don't have that much footage of the guy actually doing it, and it's no. difficult for them at that time <clears throat> to get it done, especially because it was all covert, and you know, a lot of the story was getting the gear up there, and 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 you know the actual um, it, not infrastructure, but the just facilitating the actual yeah yeah, yeah. stunt took a lot of doing <clears throat> so i can see why someone would want to make another dramatization of it because you were able to do a lot more with because mm, he the didn't have full permission did he well any permission any, any permission, permission. Well, he no, knew, no. but some people inside knew that it was happening and, yeah. and helped him to do it but still can you imagine that i mean it's already just a tough job to walk across uh, a building on a tightrope rope in the wind and all that kind of thing i would imagine it'd be fucking do, windy yeah and then to yeah. have the the kind of extra level of pressure of you know, people rushing and sneaking around to yeah. set stuff up. Is it safe enough? Is it strong? You know, all that kind of thing. It mm. would, it'd make you nervous, wouldn't it? You, you've got to be in some kind of frame of mind to, to carry on and do it anyway. Mm. Is it come around back to me? Okay, well, let me have a look through my skyscraper scraper <laughs> thing. American Psycho, one that I, I kind of dipped in and out the other day when the boy was watching it for the first time. So... It it reminded me of this kind of crazy film, Christian Bale, who who plays a psycho, and an American one at that. <laughs> and that should—they're the worst ones, aren't they? The American psychos. So he's he's un, unable to kind of handle his emotions, and he just kills anyone. At one scene, he's he's no, running down. He doesn't down. have any. He he's got a, a chainsaw, isn't mm. he? Running down the the, the hallway stairwell. of his apartment. He, um, he chucks it down the stairs, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just you know such a. It's just a high-rise building in the Upper West Side of New York, but we don't have an address. Mm. Right. It's a, yeah, as you say, um, mm. a high-rise building, but it's... It well, they swank. all live in interchangeable, swanky apartments, yeah. don't they? I mean, yeah. that becomes integral to the plot. Of the and nobody East. really looks on each other. <clears throat> Neighbours keep very much to themselves. Even, you know, throwing a chainsaw down the stairwell doesn't draw <laughs> much attention and the mm. screams and blood and all the rest of it. You can imagine the Janet's just going to come along, mop it up and go home again, that kind of thing. So, yeah. But decent movie still. And Christian Bale, it was one of the... I remember he's one of the first things I'd seen him in, actually, other than the kids' stuff, and you didn't actually realise, you know, the Empire the Sun, Empire the yeah. Sun and mm. stuff. And it, it, I mean, he's quite young in this, you know, but he's he's looking yeah, good in this. He's looking really good. He's looking well. Yeah. I got a couple of Disney properties for you if you want them. Mm. Stark Tower. 
Yeah. Ah, That's a decent skyscraper. It's run by a self-sustaining clean energy arc reactor, which Mm. in my opinion would be a good thing if Mm. they could have one of those. And it's impressively tall. It's got a helipad on it. It's run by an AI. Got loads of cool Iron Man shit in it. And then Hulk smashed the shit out of Loki there once, which was nice. Another Disney one, and I think everybody would probably think about this, is like Star Wars's Coruscant. Is that the name of the planet? Yeah. It's basically a, an entire planet of skyscrapers. Just yeah, built made one me on wonder about, you know, there's no vegetation Yeah, on that at all, it seems. Well, there is reams and reams of nerd chat online about <laughs> how possible slash impossible the, the idea of the city planet of Coruscant is. Well, impossible, surely. Yeah. It's yeah. the, the Galactic Senate Building 500 Republica was the one I was looking at. But it could be yeah. any other building on there because they're all kind of the same. Yeah, just huge skyscrapers everywhere. Yeah, yeah, big buildings. Can't get over it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's the old ones, aren't they? Terrible. Has uh, it come back round to you? Yeah, I think it it's has. It's me, yeah. I'm going to go for one that I've been in. Ooh. Which would be the Burj Khalifa. Okay. Dubai. Uh, in Dubai, which... Now, that's uh, been in a few movies, so has, what are you going for? Has, I'm going for Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, but also would point out that friend of the pod, it's probably not true, a uh, friend of ours that we used to play football with had a hand in building this ah, one. was he? Eastern, yeah, Peter, Eastern. Peter Duffy, yeah, was, was in charge of the... Buckets. He was in charge of the Armani hotel section of it. Right. Wow. Pretty pretty nice to have on your resume. This is, I think, still currently the tallest building in the world. Yeah. And I've been up it. But you don't go all the way to the top, unfortunately. Has it been up you? (laughs) No. It's another. It could almost fit. The Ghost Protocol has the sequence where Tom Cruise basically has to climb it. There's also a photograph of him sitting sitting at the very top, like on the the spot the spire the peak of the fucking yeah. building is it like, Cruise himself yeah it is no like, they helicoptered him up and he's just sitting there on it and it's a photo and it's like the sky so is Cruise he wouldn't fearless. let anybody do that would no. he go to know that I think he there. did quite a lot of the cool. climbing stunts because he likes to do it all himself mm-hmm. and they are cool sequences and this one also got some really good Simon Pegg content in it I really like these I don't know if how you yeah, about yeah, them. yeah most of them I like yeah yeah, yeah. I think, good movies. I think I like them all. No, it died away a little bit. I, I really liked the first few, but... I'm not sure whether I've seen... What is the most recent is one? Is it the Henry Cavill one? Oh, I've seen that one. I think that's the most There's recent one. There's a load one. of nerds like getting enraged about when he loads his arms like <laughs> shotguns in the bathroom <laughs> fight. I think it's fucking amazing. He's is like, that the most recent one? I'm doubting myself now. Mm. But they're cool. I think they're all right. Simon Pegg was in one wasn't he he's in quite a lot of them yeah. right. Benji yes he, I can't remember which film he joined in but I don't know because you've seen Simon Pegg basically from the start of his career you know in space yeah. or whatever to now like being pals with Tom Cruise it's just like I just think it's great cool actually to follow on Instagram as well he posts quite a lot he's, mm. he's pretty funny as you would expect he's a cool dude so yeah Burj Khalifa in Dubai is, is my nomination yeah well okay I'm going to go for uh, King Kong yeah, you can't but, not mention it. And um, well, he it was the first one, the black and white one, when just a lad, and he scales the Empire State Building, and things don't go too well for him. But then in I watched some clips of it. I he does it again, clips doesn't of it he? Today, the the original. Yeah. Uh, did had you watched? Did you? I've seen both. Yeah. 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 Just like 
the way they'd hand animated the the fur moving in the wind as he stood on the top and some of the special effects in that film, they- I'm not being a hipster they still hold up like the shots from far away where he's climbing up the side is kind of silhouetted yeah I mean the classic kind of director's moves I guess yeah. that's just been improved by cameras and and you know actors and scenes and, yeah. and the technology but still yeah really good and I, it was interesting to watch those because i watched them back to back the 2005 oh scenes, right. and there's some that are very similar point of view shots of the pilots and when he's grabbing you know the sequence of how things play out so it was interesting yeah thing to do. I, I the 2005 remake i didn't is it really, peter jackson did that mm. yeah and it was a long was it three hours or something mm. i mean he, he he gave it enough time to do it but I, I, I still think, think it was the, the earlier ones better. I think it was a Christmas movie. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was a Jack Christmas Black. movie. And I do love yeah. like, you know, back before you had kids and you could just go to this, like have a couple of drinks and then go to the cinema and watch like a three hour movie or whatever. And it would just be great. And mm. yeah. Jack Black's mum was something amazing in the, in the space race or something, wasn't she? Do you hear that story? How she... She was working on the the codes of like the maths and everything to get the rocket to the moon. Then she went, gave birth to Jack Black, and then the next day she's back in work doing the right the the stuff again. And then he's well, presumably you can still go and do maths even if your vagina hurts. Well, you know, still a tremendous effort. Wow! Wow! Yeah. (laughs) Riggs, you're up. Yeah, it's difficult to follow that. But I'll I tell you what I will follow it with. A uh, mu- movie that I like in a franchise that I like, although this is not the peak of it. This is uh, Furious 7. We did it on the pod. Yeah, we did. Mm. Uh, the emotional oh, the, yeah, farewell. I know what you're talking about. I, this went through my mind when you said... <laughs> yeah, of course it Skyscrapers, did. because yeah. it's forever now. What I can't amazing, think of an amazing skyscraper sequence. Unless there's a car coming through it going into another skyscraper. I watched it a couple of times today, and the sequence. It. Not it's just, amazing. It's not just any car either. And it's a Lycan it. Hypersports. It does 0-60 to in less than three seconds. There's only seven left in the world. Mm. Well, they smashed this one up. Yeah. Vin picks up the car like literally physically picks it up which triggers the security and paul walker's trying to do something underneath the car i don't know what's happening it's not working so uh, they got to get out of there so they get in the car and they speed through the hotel and they're on about i don't know what however high up quite a hundred stories up or yeah. something aren't they yeah and they they speed out through the hotel and then out comes jason statham's like terrifying villain he's firing a machine gun it's mayhem the stat man's fighting vin does like car foo with the car and like smacks him across which in this the laws of physics is fine he Cameras just gets up everywhere with. they're just angles and, it's amazing and, oh, slow pace. motion and then he just launches himself mm. from the first tower to the second and they you know it's slow motion there's a guy like he's on his phone and you see his face as the reflection of the car comes in and it just as he reacts to you know none of this stuff is not intentionally there for you to enjoy it yeah. seems crazy uh, as it's just happening and then he's barreling through that second floor and they land and he's like uh the car's fine except there's no brakes so they just barrel on into the third one yeah and then they just dive out of it before it crashes to the floor uh, I don't know that ground. we mentioned the name of it, but it's obviously we're talking about the Etihad Towers in Abu yeah. Dhabi. Do you it's know amazing. that they don't show the Flintstones in Dubai? <laughs> I, know. I didn't know that. But Why Ab- is... Abu Dhabi do? 
Is, is that probably racist, is it? I don't know. No. no. It's just he says, play, yeah, word dabby dude, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. It's breathtaking. Yeah, it's breathtaking. it was, it was a, a scene that stole the film, if you like, because I remember watching the film and, yeah, lots of it. You just wasn't your favourite that we've looked no, at. You've no, you've got to take too much salt with it but that scene just for the craziness and just a highlight i think that's peak kind of furious you say no, no, I don't no. Know. it's not have you seen the most recent one yet oh they I'm go not to space, sure that, they go to space yeah. i had no i, I haven't seen that, that one it's, yeah I, wow the last the one i remember is with the wrecking ball mm. through this it's just unbelievable he said the director said that he watched his child playing with like cars doing this stuff and he's like right i'll just do that in a movie because it was so crazy you know <laughs> why not yeah why not yeah they've got uh, to take it to another level each time well i don't know how they're going to top the last one but any anyhow you might have to can this one but mars attacks mm. the 1996 mars attacks tim burton movie they have jack nicholson well in what's it? controversial about this it, they used real life demolition footage of uh, a Las Vegas hotel <coughs> being destroyed. It was right. the the landmark hotel and casino, so it's real life stuff in yeah. the movie. I don't know how high it is because they do uh, have ta- they do have ta- but not all of them are big tower hotels. You see, that's the thing. Yeah. So, I well, think you know, well, I'll let you have it. I'll I like it. I like the novelty of it being you know real the life. Building with the most stories, <laughs> the library. <isn't> it? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Go on then, follow that. Right, okay. Um, Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. It's another Empire State building on the so old classic the, You're going twice on the same building. The Empire's been probably featured in a load of other films as well, but the the final scene has them running up. There's a Cary Grant film, isn't there, that plays right at the beginning of this and they have a similar scene and that's, that's kind right, of what yeah. they're the romance and these old black and white films they're both yeah. watching and and there, there's a moment there where they run up and i think it's deborah kerr and carrie grant in in the film but they kind of almost create that scene where they're they're running up and empire state building it's closing they just get the the lift mm. up at the last minute and they're looking around and of course they've found each it's other meg ryan and yeah they Thanks. were, they Thanks, were yeah. like guaranteed whatever they they had after this you've got mail i think that was another one wasn't it that yeah they put out and Sleep they did in seattle i think was i think of it as being the better one i don't it know was. why it was the better one i think yeah. um, nora efron director right I think. oh yeah right yeah yeah it's all right it's just some fucking lame rom-com yeah the i remember kid- watching it do you remember limpet i watched it with her this is probably not a story for the Let's just laugh at that then and send it back round to you, Reeks. Well, I don't know how stringent you're going to be, Sidey. This is really more of a suburban luxury high-rise apartment complex. Okay. But I don't know if I can wait for Well, I think the rules are, are pretty lenient because we don't have a cast-iron definition. So okay, okay. Just well, leave it up is... to your integrity. If you think it hmm. should go in, you can, you can put it in. I just don't think I'm going to get top five suburban luxury high-rise apartment complexes to talk about no so, so this is your this is your moment yeah uh, this is david cronenberg shivers oh i've got that on my list yeah 
but only to talk about because I haven't seen it. Oh, it's it's really good. It's I remember seeing this when I was probably about eleven or twelve <laughs> on uh, Channel Four or something. Highly inappropriate. I think you know this would have been late night viewing with boobs and stuff. But it was later when you realised you know that it, it was about a sexually transmitted disease basically, yeah. which turns our heroes like a middle aged doctor and all the other infected residents of the Starliner Towers. It turns them into this like bunch of constantly horny, sexually aggressive kind of like almost like zombies and they occasionally vomit weird maggot like parasites onto each other and then commit acts of brutal violence but yeah Sexy. yeah it was produced by ivan reitman great um, viewing for an 11 12 year yeah <laughs> late at night yeah yeah, yeah. well a couple i'm gonna wrap through a couple quickly independence day on oh, the US- big alien ship there's loads of uh, buildings get detonated so but wanna- there's the shot looking in new york down the street i'm gonna say fifth avenue because it may might be uh and they blow up i think it's the u.s bank tower gets detonated at the end and then all the explosion travels down the street it's pretty cool and also ghostbusters another a lot of lot of skyscrapers in new york yeah so a lot of content there they are on top of 55 central park west when they fight the stay puffed marshmallow man yeah where do these stairs go yeah and they added uh, I'm sure they added extra floors to it to make it look bigger. The bastards. Yeah. It's all movie. They're lying to us. <laughs> yeah, but fairly ubiquitous mm. um, movie that we always talk about. One that we don't always talk about, but I was looking at how many films have featured the Empire State Building, and I still can't understand what they mean by this. But Andy Warhol has a film called Empire. Right. Oh, that eight eight hours just filming the, the yeah. building. The Empire State Building is seen in a continuous eight-hour, five-minute shot. What does that mean? A looping five-minute shot That's for a minute, eight just hours. loops for eight hours, yeah. Is that what it is? It's just the building at night for eight hours. Yeah, just going round right. and round. Yeah. It's art. Pete would understand, I'm sure. <laughs> and most of the ones I had on my list that have been on yours, but... One that wasn't was The Big Short. It was a movie about the financial crisis, which I really enjoyed. There's Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Have you ever seen this? Often, old Gil, he comes up in The Simpsons a lot, doesn't he? The famous Alec Baldwin bit. I just watched that last week or the week before. Right, okay, yeah. So ABC, always always be closing. closing. And you've got, this is, it's a David Mamet play and Mm. it's about this, team of downtrodden real estate salesmen who have just had their morals eroded over the years mm. after working for a really unscrupulous company and then you've got old gill who's played by i think it's jack lemon and he he, he always comes up on the simpsons doesn't yeah. he he's just one of those those kind of mm. deadbeat downtrodden characters but yeah being that this is a real estate there's good skyscraper and building content mm-hmm. I felt that could make this list. You've got Ferris Bueller's Day Off, one of you. We've got Home Alone, yeah, too. Yeah, I'll take Home Alone over Ferris Bueller. Okay, really? I'll mention that yeah. again because this is looking from the Chicago, the Willis Tower in this 80s classic. What Ferris are you talking Bueller. about, Willis Tower? Ferris Bueller. That was the, the tower. Fuck Ferris Bueller. I fucking I know hate you hate it, so I just thought I'd hang on it a little bit longer. And then <coughs> 1923 Safety Last. Harold yes. Lloyd. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And this is the famous scene hanging off the clock tower. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, a, it's an iconic image, really, of the silent film 
era. Did you go to the premiere this week? I I missed the premiere. (laughs) I missed the premiere. A bit old for it by that age. But yeah, he he has to climb out this 12-story building, Mm -hmm. which is a huge skyscraper. He's doing it for a bet. Yeah, Yeah. a thousand pounds winner. And his fiance's hand in marriage is all riding on it as well. And I watched these as a kid. These uh, when they they used to play them a, a little bit, and they were they were fantastic. You know, real. Mm. You know, th- this guy, uh, Charlie Chaplin, of course. You know, performance artists who would really make you laugh just with the actions and their over dramatic style and everything. It was Brilliant. it Buster Buster, Buster Keaton, Keaton. Buster Douglas. Yeah, yeah Buster. Yeah, Buster. Buster, Buster so Keaton. doing Michael's all their own. You know, real stunts, yeah. all that stuff. Well, so. this is oh, it. You it's know, a the- little. It really annoyed me when you were talking about Brain Dead that you didn't mention. So I'll bring it up now. When Lionel just, it's right near the beginning, and he just grabs the the pole of the bus as it the tram yeah. as it goes past. It's like a homage to Buster Keaton. Right. Yeah. right. Okay. I remember you guys didn't talk about that. No, me. we didn't. Missed that bit. But yeah, glad he got his his moment in the sun now. <laughs> Over to you. Well, The Matrix Reloaded has that scene where Trinity's like jumping out of a skyscraper, oh, being yeah. shot by yeah. an agent in it slow opens motion. With that, doesn't it? It does, yeah. which is a pretty decent scene. Still haven't seen the new one, so no, looking forward not. to that happening soon. The way I've missed that, I was so excited. I know everybody said. I've you, heard everybody say, say it's shit now. Are you so, excited? Uh, I, I, I think I'm just going to wait until... I had. I still really kind of don't know anything about it, so no. I might nominate it for the pod at some point okay. because I've got this far and not Sidey's seen it. Sidey's so happy. <laughs> it's one of the worst like, things I've ever seen. Yeah, okay. Oh he God. knows his review already. Anyway... Should I? Do you want a couple more? Or yeah, should, absolutely. Are we just depressed by the Matrix being shit. Hardcore Henry. I don't know if anybody saw that. It was by a Russian guy. I really, I really hope he does. Hardcore yeah. Henry. Is that a an adult film? Is it? No, it's an entirely <laughs> point of view shot movie. That's kind of like a video game where you sort of wake up as he, you, you're told that you're Henry, but it's from completely from his perspective. It's an action sort of kung fu sci-fi right. movie, like a video game. He gets his limbs augmented and all sorts of shit, and he's beat. There's crazy action scenes. It's got Shalto Copley as a kind of respawning kind of character. It's really interesting if it doesn't always work, but the, the movie ends with this confrontation with this like army of cyborg super soldiers on the top of a skyscraper, and he's like kicking. You know, it's it's like a first-person shooter, and it. Was something in a video game but done really well great stuff if a little exhausting it it's kind of reminded me of a, a film that i'd forgotten the name of which is great start maybe you can help me with it there's two cops and they have to go up the buildings to one of them's on <clears throat> he's got powers to see is a and one of them's just really kick-ass. Maybe it was Dread. Dread. You're thinking of it Dread, Dread. Yeah, 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 that was a good one. Yeah, that would be... Is that a skyscraper? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah, that yeah, was huge, was Mega it? City yeah. 1. Yeah. Mega City 1 stuff, mm. yeah. Yeah, that was good. Uh, there's loads. There really is loads. Gremlins 2. Oh, yeah. It was the Clamp Towers. That's good, actually. Blade Runner had the... It's the pyramid one. Speaking, yeah, I mean, it's more a anyone, ziggurat. Any than, film uh, in New York, really... It's going to feature skyscrapers, isn't it? It's some you could probably wedge a load of Woody Allen films in here or something. There'll be yeah, Manhattan skysc- would be the, the obvious one. Yeah. Should we round it up, or do we want to keep? Have you got any burning to talk about? Side just the one last one would be the Capitol Records building in L.A. It's a distinctive thing building, and it's quite often uh, seen being destroyed. Earthquake, Independence Day, and the day after tomorrow. It's it it's comes to a sticky end and mm. the opening of hancock that really shitty will smith superhero thing he impales a car on it yeah and he throws a car onto it so that's 
it from me. Yeah, me as well. I mean, Wall Street didn't mention another one that would have it. But I think the one that I would choose to go into my top five yeah. would be the original King Kong. So you're putting in yeah. the Empire State Building? Yeah. Mm. Oh, God, if I got, I've got to say what the actual tower is. Though, yeah, well, that's the topic of the... <laughs> right. I'm going for the one from Furious 7, but I didn't get its name. Etihad Towers, Abu Dhabi. Etihad Towers, Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. I am going to put in then... Wait, I think... Are they a problematic country? Oh, you don't want to give them the airtime yeah. of, of Well, you've got the habit of this the last few weeks. I know, yeah, with the dog. Abuses. It's the yeah. dog thing. Mm. It's really thrown me. Anyway, yeah, Furious 7. Uh, yes, great sequence i'm gonna put in hmm, i think i feel like the twin tower should be in there so i'm gonna go for man on wire mm, nice that they should be in and then two from the listeners and we we've had about a thousand from darren lethley already he's done a great list yeah. of really good nominations yeah. yeah hats off to him well we're gonna go from skyscrapers to uh, well if not basements then certainly dingy sort of outdoor shed type things rooms yeah for this week's main feature which is the 2015 not rom-com room mm. i've no, been meaning to nominate this for a little while i was gonna say there's no cheese involved in, no, the no in cheese case there. anybody thought they missed out on that chat <clears throat> no i yeah. have eaten a couple of cheese sort of biscuits but we don't have any cheese to put on them today so we're just going to launch straight into Going this in. movie which didn't have any cheese in it either i don't think i don't recall any cheese no so this is the story of brie larson she's <laughs> yeah. related after all uh and her son who are incarcerated in this very small room and have been for seven years? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, five, because he's just having a birthday. Yes. But she's been in there seven years. Was it obvious to you? Because I went in knowing nothing about this. It was just one, right, okay, put it on, started to watch it. And yeah, I wasn't quite sure what room was for the first. I knew the sort of summary plot like mm. what the premise of the film was i yeah. didn't know anything other than that right oh, okay yes same well they are in a room which has everything they need it's got a, a bed it's got a wardrobe it's got a sink it's got a chair it's got a bed it's got a cupboard it's, it's got, got an ink blot on the carpet and he says hello to them all in the morning it's chair number one chair mm. number two and it's got a new number sort of padlock system as well mm. yeah they're they're locked in there mm. They um, are. They're trapped. But the the little boy is is running around and he's really playful and he, he seems to be enjoying life and all that the room has to offer him. Yeah, well... That's his reality. Yeah. And they're having what looks to be like a really nice day for their totally normal day. They do some yoga. Yeah. They do some exercise, running backwards and forwards. And they bake a cake for his birthday. But it doesn't have any candles. No. And Jack gets upset. Yeah, he they they do real. have a TV as well, and there's um, obviously cartoons and things on there. But the story that Jack has been told is that he all that isn't real. This is real, mm-hmm. and he has a very skewed kind of view of the world because he's been told 
well, fibs and lies by his mum because she's trying to protect him, I guess, in this in It's this a room. fantasy, isn't yeah. it, to allow him... The, the, he, I think the idea is that she came from the TV world and that that's the fantasy that cr- creates it, allows him to escape the, the horror, really, and the adversity that they're going through. So there's, there's one light, which is a... or well, one window, which is a, a skylight way above them. The room is also decked out in kind of the the sound sponge as well isn't it along the roof mm. so they can just go to a place and scream as loud as they they want to or they and nobody's going to hear them mm. yeah so they bake the cake like we were talking about but jack gets upset he says it's not real and he and he asks he asks and this is important because it's the first mention of him he says can we get some candles from old nick for their sunday treat then he doesn't yeah. need clothes like last week but old nick will bring him Anyway, he goes to sleep in a tiny cupboard, doesn't he? And, but he wakes up when the daughter room opens and in comes old Nick, who sees it and he sees him through the slats, doesn't he? And he's just this sort of nondescript. You don't kind of see him at first. Fairly sort of dishevelled. Yeah. He's um, bearded. Dude. Yeah. Sort of bland face of yeah. evilness. And old Nick spots the cake and realises that Jack has a birthday. He says, what is he for now? So he doesn't even know. He says he'll buy Jack a present, which kind of upsets Ma and, and Ma. Anyway, they go off to have like silent squeaky sex in the bed. Well, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's just awful. Yeah. Awful. Mm. It awful, is. You start awful, now awful. then having a full understanding of what's going on, how she's being survived. She's being held captive. She'd been kidnapped and now she has a baby jack who's living with her as well and it yeah it is it's bleak it's it's shocking it's don't really know where this is going and she's going along with it all it's just the routine you know there's all these things we find out a little bit later on she has tried to escape and things before but well the the way they interact now it's so chilling because it's almost like a it's almost like a bad husband and wife yeah. relationship yeah um, it's got that routine where she just comes in and she's obviously protecting jack from him seeing her touching her he hides away he's told not to get out of the room while he's there and then eventually nick goes from this episode and they well it's the next day it's like a normal day they just you know they watch television they have an apple which ma bites into and pulls out one of her teeth yeah (laughs) which she keeps yeah becomes quite important yeah he's he's quite he's like oh awesome wow that's that's brilliant something new Mm. in the house i mean he's got the language this little boy uses and he really long hair and what a performance this kid put in by the way Mm. i mean it was all the way through it's just fantastic it's incredible really really brilliant because you almost see the the film through his eyes in in large parts of it and it it stays very close to him all all the time as well the the action and the the films and and what's going on and his yeah his view of the world and the the way he uses language there's so much place in the world and hello mr spoon he's he's just his world is all in this room his whole world which is, is tiny. this room, yeah. which is tiny. It's it's a you know, at best a double room. That's it in it, like in a hotel or something. It's yeah. it's no bigger yeah. than that. But we can see as well at five, he's developing, maybe slightly becoming older. Yeah, understanding the world a little bit more. But he he keeps looking at the skylight and probably just thinking, what's beyond that? 
you know what what is out there it's easy yeah. to leaf and things like that and yeah it's well the, pretty the, awful the leaf comes to a point where i think she is then saying well she realizes she's got to get out of there she's she's probably realized it a few times before but it's it's come to a head again you know he's five i think that might be a marker i don't i can't remember if there was anything i think they threatened to turn off the i mean old nick is a right arsehole and you know he's threatening to to stop the the heating or, or the food and he's complaining that he's lost his job and yeah you know um he how hard it is just to keep her alive like he's doing her a favor or something mm. and while she's you know i always got the sense she's a mother in there you know so she's looking after her kids so that's why she's so subversive and, and you know uh, well some, she's had failed attempts like you said yeah. as well you know i think her well she starts leveling up with with jack doesn't she and she says look we're there's a whole world out there now you're five you can handle this truth you mm. can see this stuff you can you can be part of this other world and that leaf is attached to a tree you know no mm. leaves are green he says because yeah. he's never seen he's only ever seen green leaves on the tv or whatever mm. no they can change like and they devise this plan of him pretending to have a really fever awful. and she puts on hot towels on his face and, and, and makes, basically burns well, she makes herself know, gag by putting like sick her, her hands yeah. so far down and it looked really oh real. yeah yeah there's vomit there and she everything, sort of wipes yeah. it around and then because he must come down at the same time every day and so yeah his, jack's made to look ill and put on this performance and there's sort of vomit and bile around to make it smell disgusting and he's pretty much like oh fucking get some stuff and deal with it tomorrow is there's no urgency like because the plan is to get him yeah. to the emergency room and then tell the story whereas he's just like no I'll get some paracetamol or some painkillers. And we'll and she's directly it. said that it's his fault because he turned off the power after an argument they'd had. It's a brutal scene where he rapes her and they turned off the power and uh, so they'd slept all night without it. And so he hmm. feels guilty now and yeah. she's using that. She's got um, this horrible bruise in the morning, isn't mm. she, around her throat where right. he's, just... he's grabbed her so hard and everything. Yeah, so it's, it's a really kind of bleak scene again. And when he comes back, which is a little bit later, in between, they've been practicing rolling up. Mm. In the carpet. Jack, in the carpet. Yeah. Um, and pretending, and she's like basically telling him to be stiff so that he's like a corpse. She had the, the <clears> kind of thought, I think, the night before and realised this is a moment it's got to be jack's not keen last to go. chance saloon last chance saloon she says right you're going to pretend to be dead and it's just pretend but once you're out you're going to roll and they practice you know it was, a, it was a, a scene almost you know a little montage of of going into rolling and mm. getting in and out of yes, a rug. Though, because but, she's trying to get the right performance and, out and, of him yeah. and and the right technique on how to do it you know put your arms up yeah so the plan is to convince old nick that he's dead and that she's going to say that he has to take him somewhere you know bury him somewhere and the plan is for as soon as the truck stops, he's to bolt outright out of the, you know, they practice this move of unrolling the carpet, getting out and she's, he's going to find someone and he's anyone, gonna, anyone at he's all. He's got a note. And he's going to, he's got a note yeah. and he's going to tell someone that say my name, you know, I know Joy Newsome. that's her name, Joy. Yeah. And you think, wow, <laughs> this is, this is really kind of heavy. You know, this is, uh, it's, everything's mm. on this. Her performance when old Nick comes in 
Is he going to demand to see the body? Is he going to, you know, do all this? Anyway, it's already, already wrapped she up. She sort of hysterically says to him, don't get your fucking dirty hands, don't you fucking touch him. You know, she really... You did this, you yeah. did this. And he kind of panics and th- oh, I've got to think, I've got to think. And he, he ends up taking the carpet. He stops halfway through the path and he seems to be having a think and whatever, but he goes through with it and he puts it in the back. As we're as we're shooting along the the street, Jack unravels it probably earlier than he was meant to, but he's not sure what he's. Oh, he's disorientated. Doing. He's completely disoriented, yeah. and he's he's amazed with what he's seeing, like yeah. a, a full tree. You know why is he? Oh, he's only ever seen blue sky just straight above. So suddenly he's seeing stuff that he's seen on TV, and he's he's dangerously high in the back of this van. You get yeah. a couple of moments. It's not overdone, but you get a couple of moments where the camera sort of visually mocks what it might be like to experience light in a completely different way. Yeah. Um, because he's all, all, only ever had the light yeah. of room around mm. him. Um, That's right. Yeah. And those all sequences this. is amazing. I mean, later on, they end up giving him sunglasses, don't they? You know, mm. the, the light was a, a factor mm. in everything. But he... It doesn't go smoothly, but he does get away and he, he jumps out and he finds a yeah. dog walker. He just, he falls, makes enough of a disturbance that he is spotted by old Nick. He knows that the game's up here. And so he's, he falls and he's disoriented and obviously like sensory overload. He doesn't know what to do, but he's trying to follow through with the plan and it, the dog walker's, yeah, you okay? You know, and he's mumbling and, the, and then this disheveled, angry looking man comes over and wrestles him away <clears throat> and the dog was like that's Hang not cool that yeah. is not cool mate, at all how much did you love the dog walker <clears throat> oh that mate he was, was just... like the biggest hero yeah. in the whole film and did he I can't remember did he pass the note to him no or did he just the, know the that this is, just not, this is not right is that for me are you giving me something he asked yeah. he goes you're giving me something and then old Nick just dumped him he, 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 felt he knew the yeah. game was up didn't yeah. he he's just dumped uh, Jack on the floor and sped off in his red pick up then um the police come and yeah again and this another, is another hero woman. yeah she's yeah. great this is amanda bruegel she's she was ruth in the handmaid's tale i don't know whether you haven't seen I mean, so we almost said, describing this like it was a, a true story well, there have been things. things that you know in the news over the last five ten years or stuff yeah. people that have been Abducted. kidnapped by this yeah. just getting out you know and mm. so there is an element of you know this isn't completely far-fetched nonsense no. like, well, i was kidnapped by a mime <laughs> By mime. Yeah, he did unspeakable things to me. <laughs> wow. Well, well but so she's talking to Jack. Sorry, the- it's just because I, I just got a message that Sting has been kidnapped. The police don't have a lead. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is the police who one of the heroes, Amanda Bruegel, like we were saying. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name. But she's talking to Jack. He's unresponsive, but she does uh, get him to talk when she notices he's clutching the tooth. Yes. Yeah. Uh, from earlier that we talked about. And she's asking what his mum's name is, but he can't remember. And she's asking where he lives. And he just keeps telling her room. And uh, she asks if room has any windows. And he says no. You know, so, but she's like she's cleverly piecing, she's piecing it all yeah. together. It's, it's got a skylight. And eventually yeah. she gets that he was in a truck and there were two stops and how many times, you know. And it's a really great scene where eventually she's like, look in this area, you're looking for a shed with a skylight. It's in the backyard of a house. It's three blocks away, you know. Well, our old way, partner hasn't got a clue, has he? He's no. just driving around looking you know, for guys with swag written on him where she's got <laughs> something yeah. really... She's, she's put, she Sherlock Holmes that together, yeah. didn't she? Yeah. She, she just did. kind it's of great. put it all together it's and a great said, scene. right, 
And so we see he's sort of comforted a little bit, but, you know, obviously it's some serious, like, PTSD. But I mean, we see... As the viewer, uh, though, you know that he's safe you yeah. know that he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's found safety in the in the police and we he's get not a, we get this, the slow mo of his mum joy there was um, never any idea i don't think that although it seemed clear that she was willing and maybe expected that she wouldn't survive this it was never you know it was always clear at this point that they were going to be reunited yes. which was good a relief because that first hour is is so intense we've skipped over many scenes of brutal rapes and children being exposed to things that they haven't you know we we, we really have in that first hour it's like anyway they mm. are reunited so there's more family reunions to be had well this is well, they where wake the, up in the hospital yeah. this yeah. is such a good scene this is where the whole it's almost like we've you hear that story don't you of of people getting abducted and and sometimes them being found and so and then it kind of stops the story but in this film it gives you that other side of it then yes. so behind the the scenes of the family home the press are outside and it's in the first kind of 10 days or so lots of this happens where right up till kind of you know the the culminative piece with the the TV and everything but it's it's this that really I interested me this side of it more than maybe even in the room. I just thought this was a take on it. Well, it could, because we've got a good chunk of the movie left, it's mm. almost divided into yeah. into yeah. two parts. And the part where they wake up in the hospital room and we get, you know, he's looking out over the city and he's clearly completely overwhelmed by what he can see. It, there is a good hour left of, and that's what I think makes it interesting yeah. potentially because you get to see the him aftermath. trying to reintegrate yeah. back into society he says he's he wets the bed but ma tells him not to worry and they have pancakes and fruit which must be a lot yeah i think yeah, yeah. you can hear the the you know press are outside doctors i think uh, are coming in still dr mattel he's wanting to review and just and analyze them a little bit longer they want to get home and then you have this scene where I think they'd seen, she'd mentioned, I saw grandma last night mm. already and she's, we're going to go and stay with her and she's really looking forward to He has to wear a back. mask because he's got low Is natural it? immunity, yeah. which was, you know, strongly sort of prescient. Well, yeah. You know, back yeah. in 2015. Mm. And then William H. Macy comes in. Yeah. And Joan Allen. Uh, yeah. I had the hots for her. Mm. Yeah. And uh, well, that's, well, her parents are separated, parents, yeah, and she's remarried to Leo, who's just an all-round nice guy. He's, yeah, he's great. Uh, and at first, it all seems like really hunky-dory. You know, everyone's happy to see everyone and just Did relieved that they're alive and, you know, pretty much well. You know, physically well. Yeah. Obviously, there's going to be some traumas there. But as it as it turns out, William H. Mace, William H. Mace's character, the the, the actual dad mm. um, or the grandfather, sort of struggling to accept the reality. Well, he um, can't. He, he he hugs his daughter like he doesn't really accept. You, you would ex yeah that yeah, you would Jack expect him to, but he won't even look at Jack. No, he didn't even look at him even no. through the in the hospital. Mm. He didn't look at him, and that was my first tweet. Was, was that was like. What you know, for the first moment you thought, okay, it's just emotional, it's with his daughter. She was yeah, yeah, seventeen exactly, yeah. when when she was abducted and he's he's found her again. But yeah, it, it seemed to be really, really bad his reaction, you know, really crazy, really cold. Yeah, I think that plot line though is kind of just 
taken up and dropped almost in the same scene. Macy just mm-hmm. he rejects it. There's a there's a scene where they're having dinner, isn't yeah, it? And he that's just what I was thinking of, excuses yeah. himself, yeah. and it's really uncomfortable and awful, and you know what's going on. Which then I it's guess, explicit. you know, it's uh, and it's had a scene where Jack's had brain freeze for the first time because yeah. he's had ice cream for the first, you know. And there's lots of heartbreaking stuff where he's saying. Is it a treat? Is it old Nick going to bring us a treat or whatever? And he says and a few times... She's like, there's going to be a lot of treats now because they're in the real world. And, and he says he says a few times, I miss room. Because mm. yeah, that's all he knows, you know, yeah. and it's this is all different and probably really overwhelming. And I, going back to um, William H. Macy's character, and I guess, you know, you don't know how people are going to react to that situation. And he's looking at something that's come about through like a consistent fucking like rape Daughter. of his daughter you know yeah. so how do you process that it's yeah. it is very very I mean difficult. and and we know Jack we know what a fantastic little kid he is yeah. and how funny and smart yeah. he is because mm. we've we've met him already for an hour and, but he, and he, d- yeah. he doesn't but he's just not even engaging is he? he's he's kind of very Mm. as you say cold it's difficult it's that, just yeah. difficult mm. I mean, they are it's yeah. like you said before it isn't all smooth sailing they are no. sort of struggling to adjust back to like normality or whatever that is or life outside captivity the and biggest he, he like hides into small spaces to sleep and yeah. that sort of thing but then the lawyer turns up and tells him there's going to be a trial yeah uh, and also there's the, the consistent the- media presence and possibly in my opinion the fucking most heinous villain of the whole thing is the journalist is the, the woman who interviews i could have fucking murdered her. Like, yeah she is just vile yeah. and basically implies that it's all her fault and she didn't do enough for jack for jack and you're yeah i just like fucking well, see what's going to you fucking the, bitch like, the line know? of quite so she's agreed to do this tv show because she is struggling at home to adjust she doesn't mm. she wants her own space with Jack, she feels that's probably going to be best for her and wants to get out of grandma's house. She's had an argument with grandma at one point saying, you know, really tough kind of mm. shouting relationship where she said, maybe if you hadn't taught me to be so nice, I wouldn't, it wouldn't, have, happened. It wouldn't have happened and all this. Yeah. So there, there was a lot going on and that led to them agreeing to do this interview. And they have a conversation before. Look, if there's any questions you don't want to answer, just say, Mm. No, and we'll move on. Mm. So she's trying to make her feel really comfortable. You're right. She goes to absolute town on her. Oh, she's and awful. the line of questioning of, do you think you did enough for Jack? Why did you not, as soon as he was born, just get him to drop him in the, yeah. at the hospital? And, not, you know, and he could have had a normal life. Mm. Did you ever mm. think of that? Obviously, it was just such oh, a... Oh, a fucking really angry one. Yeah. Like, you fucking bitch. Yeah. So and, and she doesn't have the answers. She's she's struggling she's to, to she's com- getting... comprehend, yeah. you know. I mean, there's a ton of answers you could have given, you know. Who's to say that old Nick would have done anything like that mm. and just and killed him mm. or whatever, you know, who knows what this man's capable of. So... Uh, in, in the fallout from that, her argument with grandma and the horrible interview she makes a suicide attempt in the bathroom which jack foils yeah he he finds her and and screams and then she's taken away and leo come well i think this is really important because she's taken away and then kind of for the first time ever you know jack is there with just with leo Mm. and he's kind of gentle and patient and you know how how was your first initial feelings when when leo came he's kind of presented like Almost scruffy and looking a bit like old Nick, in the exactly sense that he's that, dishevelled. Yeah. He didn't have the beard, but 
because William no, H. Macy's suited and booted. He's... William H. Macy's suited and booted. He's looking all smart and print proper, but this guy is just like really casual and whatever. But it just turns out that. Well, he's a white male about the same age yeah. as old Nick was. But it he's... took me a moment just to even sort of trust him. And I was just watching him, you know, oh, what, what's he got? I hope he doesn't, you know, yeah, I hope yeah. he's Well, there's cool been a thing, the though, as well, because Jack had an imaginary dog called Lucky mm. in Room. And Leo has a real dog that we haven't seen. It's been kept away, That's but they keep right. talking about what a cool dog it is. So there's that kind of thing going on. Anyway, they have these like gentle interactions where Jack is coming out of himself. And then Jack it- tells Grandma to cut his hair. Yeah, there's one scene I remember, and they just held on it, where Leo's massive hand is on Jack's small shoulder, and they're just at the top of the stairs, and it, it kind of is there leaving, you know, mm. and that was the moment I just, you know, there was so much power in this guy mm. and then this little kid, but they, they get on like mm. uh, a house on fires, particularly when the little dog is introduced and yeah. he, he takes to him straight away, doesn't he? Yeah, but so Jack... Jack says, you know, in this sort of Samson-esque moment, he says, cut my hair to grandma. I really liked this scene. He's going to give his hair to his mum to give her power. Yeah. And she cuts off his ponytail and he says, I love you to her. And she just kind of cracks with this quiet emotion, you know, what an enormous moment that is. And it was like, God, honestly, I'm almost welling up talking about it. It was, and it was so well acted from this, this young Boy, I think he's seven years old or something when he seven or eight, yeah, seven yeah, or eight. Yeah. So it's incredible performance because yeah, you can't talk enough about how good he is. No, he's he's totally Jacob, believable. Jacob Tremblay, yeah. yeah. Mm. Wow, things kind of get more normal. Jack, I, I kind of missed how he met this kid, but there was there's another kid that mm. he's playing with, being a kid, being with another kid and playing. And Mars coming home, and she says that the hair gave her strength to carry on and then really now we're right at the end bit where jack says to ma that he wants to go back to room it's like you were saying it's a few times he'd been talking about but now he wants to go back yeah and she's kind of can't believe it but uh, agrees with it and goes back i was surprised and it was that she was yeah they were willing to go back there but maybe Maybe you get advice to maybe do that. I don't know. Yeah, well, I I think it was a a form of of therapy for for him. He didn't even know about it. It just seemed natural. It wasn't therapy. It was just something that he felt compelled to go and do. Mm -hmm. And it felt, and then he said goodbye. It was the same policewoman that found him, brings him back in as well. I remember thinking, oh, I wonder if the police have actually sorted that out and said, you're the best person Mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of, you know, really supporting them he, still through it he feels that it's shrunk and it's different and it's just yeah. now it's, it is too small and too confining and he's yeah able to move on from it pretty you know easily is that the right yeah way it does look really different though i mean yeah. the door's been busted open by by an excavator there's one mm-hmm. there but when you go into room the furniture's been taken away you know it does mm-hmm. look it's very different yeah. the kid sees that and it is closure for him well it, way. he he is asked, did, do you want the door closed? And he goes, nah. And then he just goes around saying, goodbye, wardrobe. Mm, yeah. Goodbye, sink. Goodbye, chair number one. Goodbye, and he's got all there. these little little names yeah. for things. And he says, you know, he, he say there's so much of place in the world. And he has this language of, of making now space so important. Mm. And yeah, it's, uh, it's a, a scene they just walk away from, isn't it? And she's, just mumbles under her breath, goodbye room, mm. and then herself leaves. Mm. 
the end. Yeah. Yeah. It was it wasn't what I was expecting when I I first turned it on. I didn't know where <clears throat> it was going to go. It had it must know, have been an interesting experience actually because not knowing um, anything yeah. about it. Yeah. It was it, it just made other movies flash before my eyes like old boy where is mm. a similar kind of start and just a guy in a room and yeah it, it became you know before old nick came in you just heard the name and it, it gave you the creeps already and you just wondered how this was working because she seemed otherwise quite in you know well fed in good condition and jack seemed a well-adjusted little boy you know for for all reasons but mm. As you go on, that was just more a testament to her and her mothering skills and mm-hmm. her attention to, and probably vice versa. Because she says a couple of times, you say me again, you say me again, because after five years of, well, seven years of being in there, you know, you maybe you'd have gone mad without somebody. Yeah. And maybe that's what the, the report was alluding to in a very horrible way you know did she do it almost for herself keep on to the job because well, that's what she the might have lost her. Is, isn't yeah and maybe maybe there was a, a part of her that but i think the bigger part was her just motherly instincts of, yeah I, you know uh, yeah. looking after survival her kid. as well you know? yeah mm, nothing wrong with that it was no not at all not it was, at all, really. you know could you enjoy this film i think i would certainly recommend this film but it's you know it's pretty bleak you know the whole thing even true to even life. after the rescue it's still you know it's not plain sailing it's still a lot of stuff mm. to yeah know, to deal with and work through it's yeah, hard, yeah well it's it's sk- i it skated dangerously close to what i described as misery porn or like trauma yeah. sort of you know holidaying because you don't hear it, much it, about tra- trauma Nick. tourism it, it, mm. it's like these horrible horrible things that you know happen in the world but being played out but then you know it because it's a work of fiction you're you're free to see it thematically as well and you, if you want to see it this my wife pointed this out to me if you want to see it as a parenting parable you can which is you know an interesting take on it but it's uh yeah it's a crazy dark bleak first hour mm. you know you're seeing really desperate acts you know, when in the papers and stuff, like all that stuff, like Baby P and all those things, people like religiously follow those stories and it's nauseating, yeah. you know, and I find that stuff horrible. And this is in that realm. Yeah. I mean, um, it's horrifying of, when of you get, when you really line. concentrate on, on what has happened to, mm. to that person. And there are people who, you know, yeah, this, name this their has names. Happened, yeah. yeah, it's happened. And that's Well, Fritz, terrifying. I guess, is the, ins- the, the big inspiration, isn't it? Who we like to joke about frequently. Yeah. That is that is barren. the kid wasn't nominated for an Oscar. Which, I find that hard to believe yeah. because it, I, you know, I'm a big child actor fan, and this is right up there with uh, the best. Oh, it's up there with the best child, child performances performance. I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It was a very convincing child. Yeah, they broke it down for him. I I, I looked a little bit on, online, and they obviously didn't give it. He's too young, so they just told him what was happening that day in the script and and played things that way yeah. so it's all very natural for him and everything yeah. brie larson did some kind of methody stuff where she she isolated herself for a month uh, in her home mm. i mean not to like this extreme but she cut off like the phone the internet all that right. stuff and then i think she had some nutritional work where she she had a really restricted diet to trying to get a bit of a feeling of what it's like to be cut mm, off obviously yeah. it, you're not going to be cut away for years and years and no. years but still i think 
She's very convincing in this. She's not. Well, she over did win the, the Oscar. Yeah. She won the Best Leading Actress Oscar for this. It was also nominated for Best Film and Best Director and Best Adapted Screenplay. Mm. It didn't win any of those. It was only Brie Larson who won. The uh, kid, he was in a low-budget UFO slash Cabin in the Woods type thing called Extraterrestrial. That was e. before that. No. But he, and then he did some comedy work with Seth MacFarlane for American Dad and Family Guy and stuff. And then he was in the Predator 2018 reboot oh, okay. thing. And Dr. Sleep, he was in both of those, which I've seen. I can't remember him in either of them. Intriguingly, he has the role of Flounder in the Little Mermaid rebootical and has an unspecified role in the Toxic Avenger sequel reboot. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he's busy, isn't he? Yeah. Well, well, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised yeah. he's in demand because he does seem like, you know, He's got he's got the goods. Yeah. Let's just hope we can, you know, see plenty more of him in the future. And the director did uh, Frank. Frank. Yeah, that's cool. Money wise, this was pulled together for thirteen million US. It's going to have a bit of Oscar bounce. Yeah, thoughts. So what do you think, money wise? Win I, lose? I, I think it's won because of the Oscar bounce. I don't think this would have been a film that would have packed in the audiences no. massively. Yeah, I think probably it did hit huge, maybe, because uh, people love this misery stuff. They buy all this stuff all yeah. the time and read it up. I generally don't. I might have avoided this movie. I knew what the subject matter was. I may have always avoided it. I watched it. I'm kind of glad I did because it's pretty, you know, it's really good. Well, it made but, 35 million oh, right. US. So okay. not, not huge, but that's decent. You know, yeah, yeah. Because it is difficult subject matter. I know what you mean reeks about that sort of stuff it's sort of like this ghoulish mm. attraction to it feels voyeuristic almost yeah. to look at this like i know these horrible maybe i'm just being like really no but this, this film was eye. wasn't it it really kind of did show you that side and as i say it was almost both sides the thing know, i'd seen about it was like a mother and a son adjust to life having been in ca- held yeah. in i thought it was going to be a lot more about the the after and a lot more because the picture, like if you see the poster art and stuff like that for the film, it's them like hugging and embracing and smiling. And I was thinking, <laughs> oh, it's going to be them like going down the park, you know, like going down the slide and it's all happy days. You know, the reality is it's a lot more realistic about what the aftermath yeah. would actually probably be a bit like, well, you, you know. Well, you, yeah, that's it. You can see people slowly as, the, as it gets towards the end. He seems to be still kind of well-adjusted. He's got a friend that he's starting to play football with. and he... What happens to old Nick? Do we know? Do no, we find it didn't out what really happens? go well, You mentioned there was, the, there was the talk of the court case. Mm, I'd I don't know if we heard what happened to old it's Nick. It's going to be room two. <laughs> Let's hope not. I would recommend it I would like to them people. to mix it with the Cube franchise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> room and Cube. <laughs> yeah, they've got to solve puzzles to get out. Yeah. Yeah, or they get diced. I would I would recommend this to people, but you know, with a with a warning of it, you know, it's it's extremely triggering. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. this is this was really quite a difficult watch. Mm. The first hour, especially. I mean, my missus just flat out refused to watch it. So. Yeah, well, I was holding on, so my miss could watch it. And anyway, I'm just glad I never bothered because this isn't something she would have enjoyed either. I think. But that no. kid got to have a shower with uh, Brie Larson. So that's true, yeah. You know, every cloud, yeah. Yeah, this was your choice, Sidey. It was, and this is a series that I've watched before, mm. but couldn't really remember because it was a long while ago. So I thought we'd revisit it for this. And so I selected 
series one, episode one. And then when I got to watch it, realized that the pilot was an hour, an hour and 10 minutes. I an think. hour and 10 minutes, yeah. So revise that to season one, episode two, which still is basically more origin story. The first one is because they're called Paladins and it's five people who come to be in charge of five gigantic robotic lions who are defending this planet blah from supervillain blah zarkon yes and the the whole crux of the show is that these five robots can join together to form this gigantic sort of gundam wing style robot called voltron yeah and I used to watch the previous... No, there's been about four or five incarnations of this cartoon, but I used to watch one... Transformers, no? No, Voltron, in the 80s, when I was a, a wiener. Because Do you remember the old cable TV, which had yeah, the box on the wall with the yeah, ABCD? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a channel on that that had this on, so I was familiar with it from back in the day. because oh, uh, so For was, me, this was just... I'm sure it was a Netflix thing, wasn't yes, it? And I yeah. was thinking it was a new Netflix thing. They've just clearly ripped off transformers because they were they formed a big robot and it was like i was thinking oh you have to buy each of the toys to make up the one big toy but this but the animation was i know it was kind of anime yeah which i liked yeah you know i I do like the 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 and it was very you know flashing lights and simple i think the one point they just go up in a big lift and it's just this blue strip um, with loads of uh, cut screen stuff because it's a team of five of them, all different personalities. Two of them that are really competitive, a bigger guy, a little kid who's um, got a girlfriend, and then the leader who's clearly like head and shoulders above the rest of them. Then there's in the castle, there's the princess who runs the show, and she's looking to get them trained up Allura. To, pr- to protect them. And then her general slash butler, who's voiced, voiced by Reese Darby. Yeah. Who's it, funny in this? I he, he's the yeah. Reese Darby. He was also in Flight of the Concord. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, he is good, and uh, you recognise. Yeah, straight uh, away. The, the voice, voice straight out away. Yeah, I, I really, I, I really already knew quite a lot about. It. I mean, I do remember, like you say, mm-hmm. watching it and getting glimpses of it, and then because it was referenced so much in um, hip hip hop. In particular, yeah. the Wu Tang Clan are always, and uh, you know, always mm. talking about Voltron yeah. forming like Voltron. It's dropped on their uh, thirty-six chambers thing. There was a guy I knew who was obsessed, and we would watch cartoons of this mm. at university and stuff. So this, I really, yeah, I was into this. There was some great like anime style pratfalling at the beginning. Zarkon's attacking, and it's all uh, an elaborate ruse. We w- we went through that, didn't we? But yeah. Um, but- <laughs> What I like about it is they they sort of poke fun at it. There's the, it's this whole episode is basically training training yeah. montages of different sequences where they're trying to get them to work as a team because they have to work. You can't just press a button to make the robot form. No. It has to be your sort of symbiotic relationship with your own lion, mm. and then on top of that, bringing it together as a team. And the only way that they're able to, in the end, bring themselves together as a team is by having a food fight. Well, but before but, that... But there's like, this the sequence but, I really enjoy because they keep doing these cut sequences when each of their faces appears on the screen and they're doing something. 
and it's where they're sort of traveling out and they're all really excited. Yeah, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just cuts back to them again. The next time they're not quite as excited. It's like, yeah. And then it's just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, and then he's like, because they, they obviously did it in the first episode yeah. they formed. And they, so he's like, yeah. right, just try and like pat, balance on my back and that. And they're all, he's like, I think I was the leg last time. So yeah. they're all trying to maneuver their crafts to do it. It was good, it was good fun. Um, yeah, they do make fun of the silliness of it all. When um, uh, the big guy's sliding in, like it stops comically. Yeah, because right, he's fat. Because he's fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah he eats it, a lot. It, it kind of reminded me a little bit. Maybe it was just the characters of Dungeons and Dragons. It was there was uh, a guy, you know, Duncan. They were, they, you know, they had the 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 funny one, the clever one, the smart one, the little, mm. and they they made him out like this as well. Very stereotypical of mm. those those kind of characters but yeah i was sat watching it with my daughter who was i was trying to get into and i was thinking this is you know transformers it's optimus prime world or, or whatever but then it, it seemed a little more stylistic than that and as i say i wasn't watching it with the the history of you guys who knew about it already it was for me it was a new cartoon mm-hmm. and i'd missed the the origins part of it but i gathered enough from right they they they're now working together. There must have been a big fight. Earth's in Well, trouble. there's a rivalry for leadership as well between Keith and Lance, I think it is. Yeah. Um, there's only one real leader, though, isn't there? The, are there? There's two that fight together. There's one... Who's... Well, there's Shiro as well. Right. He's the one who starts to sync properly with his lion when mm. they're doing the nose diving. And he he's pulls the, up he's at the, the last head. minute and yeah. he's careening sort of through the canyon and it's Star Wars-esque. Yeah. yeah, he's got it. He's... He can Voltron when the rest can. Yeah. And then there's more training and a gladiator that they beat each other up more than beating up him. The the thing with dropping in for just a single episode is there is no reset button with this. It's like a lot of the Mm. superior stuff that we've watched on the show. It is absolutely a series that you have to watch if you know, which is great if you enjoy it because yeah, it it has a consistent, you know, a proper narrative that runs throughout the whole season. And I've only seen when I was watching it, I watched the first series. So you have the big bad and you have the story that progresses as you go through. But I was just reading a bit about it. Nerds in their basements will get really upset because it, it does have really good representation in this. There's um, a lot of LBGTQ plus characters that come into it later on. But the flip side of that coin is then, spoiler alert, that two characters do get together. Right. Uh, a gay couple but one of them is killed and there's this <gasps> long tradition uh, of they call, what do they call it gay slaying or something gay like that slaying, of, yeah. of the gay characters are the first ones to get killed off mm. so it does fall victim to that so if you don't like that it does do that but there's also an attempt to have more than just these sort of you know stereotypical white mm. characters in it all the time so we should praise it for that yeah yeah and it's got a scary guy in it as well who, who... did remind me of Mumra I have to say yeah yeah, yeah. he was Zarkon. very yeah, <clears throat> even the name and he's is got, he's kind got, of you've heard before. He's leading. She's she. There's like a queen of the druids, a sort of witch, and she's got a snarling, oh, right. yeah. augmented cybernetic monstrosity that she's going to unleash on them at some point. Yeah. So, so maybe, as you pointed out, drop it. This isn't the kind of thing that you could drop in for one episode. And there's no reset button. You know, it's not nicely resolved yeah. at the end of each episode. I mean, there'll be sort of, sort of plot yeah. things that are, 
but you have to commit to to get the most out of it i have fucking really loved it i thought it was great yeah i enjoyed this yeah it wasn't really i mean i didn't mind it it would have been mm. something if one of the kids had really wanted to watch i would have watched with mm. them and i'd have got on with but it wasn't anything that i was going to champion myself to watch so it was yeah just i watched it my, with my i watched it with my daughter yeah uh, and and she could sense that i was getting a kick out of it so she was she was uh, quite right, as well, okay. so she wanted yeah to it works more. both ways yeah, yeah. There was yeah. a lot of like dialogue that felt or sounded improvised from Reese Darby, but mm. you know, obviously with animation, <laughs> yeah. that's quite hard. <laughs> no, but he had, he had a, a few kind of good little one-liners thrown in mm. there that did make me smile. It wasn't awful, long long shot. I just you know wouldn't think that I'm going to watch more of that because my my daughter wasn't into it and mm. my son won't be either so well, you should um, tell her that lance in this was jeremy sharder from julian the phantoms that we watched and she recommended so oh wow okay i'll give, give her that another, trivia that yeah. will maybe make her look again yeah and keith was stephen yun yun yeah from walking dead and i'm pretty sure that there is another walking dead character i think it's well i read that Norman Reedus yes, was in Norman it, Reedus, but yeah. i didn't hear him in this maybe he wasn't in this episode but yun is in jordan peele's nope Okay. Which looks interesting. And there's season two of Invincible, which is also animated stuff. Oh, I still haven't finished season one of that. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic does a, a voice appearance in this series as well. Oh, so really? it's got that going for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen they're doing a biopic film of Weird Al with Daniel, playing... Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al Yankovic? In. Okay. In. Wow. Yeah, I, I really love one of his albums when I was uh, a teenager. I used to listen to a lot. Yeah. Pretty much everything we've watched with Radcliffe in on the pod, we've enjoyed. Yeah, I like him. Apart from Harry Potter. No, I enjoyed that as well. Yeah, well, you know, is what it is, that one. But, but um, I really enjoyed this. So I yeah. will be going back to the seven series of it. Mm. Uh, and it has finished, so you know it's not one of these things that drags mm. on and on forever. I was going to say, so. did you watch the first episode, the, the hour and ten minutes yeah. one? Yeah, I had watched... I can't remember what happens at the end of this, the first series, so I, I'm, I will be almost watching it, you know, from new again. But I didn't go any further than series one. Mm. This, this is, it's like seven, seven, seven. It's weird because they, it they committed at the start when they were, when it was commissioned. They said, right, we're going to make seventy six episodes of it. I think mm. so. This series, I think, has about ten episodes. Then it goes to thirteen episodes. Then twelve. And then, then seven. Then six. Uh, and then it, it sort of builds back up again. So it weirdly sort of fluctuates. But Just, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. Same. But it does have, like you say, it does have that story that go, that runs throughout the mm. series and, you know, through the life of the show. And it does end. It's all, you know, presumably wrapped up. So you're not, it's not one of these things that goes on forever or just stops and you don't get a satisfactory ending. So I would like to watch the rest of it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> time for us to go and have a few games of attack so we'll wrap things up for tonight next week it's been a little while since we've had uh, a guest on the show to chat about yeah and have an interview with someone so we've may have something lined up for next week yeah which is really exciting actually because it's been too long yes yeah and you, maybe you can piece it together with our cryptic selections which we will reveal yeah. over social media in the next coming days yeah but a clue is that it's not about the movie section of the show this time mm -hmm. happy with that mm -hmm. intriguing yeah, yeah. so that's exciting well, we're very excited and there's a lot to look forward to so don't forget to tune in for that and as always do let us know your choices for the top five all that remains for now is to say Sidey signing out the rig's out Dan's gone <laughs>
Wow, 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 wow.